What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I've always been ambitious. You know that part of the Pokemon theme song of I want to be the very best like no one ever was? I relate to that. But a lot of times ambition has negative connotations. You might associate the word ambitious with words like selfish, cruel, hard, arrogant, unfeeling. So is it wrong to be ambitious? And what are we type A people supposed to do? So thanks for joining me. I'm Alyssa Rote and this is Big Pond Little Fish. Making your own way in the world may feel like you're a very small fish in a very big confusing pond. How do you honor God and pursue your calling while navigating the waters of life in your 20s? On this podcast, we're exploring life, career, family, friends, and calling from the perspective of a young Christian fish trying to make a splash in the world's big pond. So, welcome to episode 7, Beware the Worm, Dealing with Ambition. Your 20s are often a time for career building. Youth brings energy and enthusiasm. But as you chase the worm, how can you avoid falling for the hook? Today, I want to talk honestly to other type A ambitious young professionals about how to honor God with the gift of ambition. So, I'm the sort of person who always has lots of goals and dreams, and I've always been willing to go hard to accomplish them. I wanted to play collegiate softball, so I played softball for 12 years and eventually I did. I wanted to get a book contract before graduating college, so I did a ton of internships, and I did. And I wanted to work for a publisher, and I ended up doing that too. But am I done? Not even close. I have more dreams and bigger dreams. I want to be published by a Big Five publisher. I want to work for a Big Five publisher. I want my name on the New York Times bestseller list, my books on one of those tables at Barnes & Noble, fan art on Instagram, and headcanons on Tumblr. And does that all sound like a little much? Absolutely. Probably. Will I actually accomplish all of that? Probably not. But I am only 22. I have time. But I don't usually tell people about my ambitions, especially all of those. They seem so arrogant, like, how dare I think I'm good enough for all that? They seem selfish, why would I care about fame? And They seem shallow, shouldn't I just care about glorifying God in the place I'm at? Why should I try so hard to pursue more? And when does achieving slip into beating down others? If I pursue things for myself, am I taking that from someone else? There's something I've noticed with a lot of ambitious people and within myself. We've always been this way with a hunger, but I wouldn't say I'm overly competitive. I prefer cooperative or team games. It's not that I want to be better than others so much as that I want to achieve things. Maybe it's my perfectionistic nature, 
I want the perfect score, the A+, all the boxes checked off. For me, being the best isn't about beating other people. It's about achieving success. And that isn't necessarily always a good thing, but I think it is an important thing to recognize about ambition. For many people, ambition is goal-focused, not people-focused. And a lot of ambitious people I admire work very hard toward these goals. And there's something that masquerades as ambition, I think, and that's the desire to be considered better than everyone else. People who just want admiration aren't really concerned with achieving personal goals as much as they are with others thinking they're cool. Because of this, they're willing to put others down, take shortcuts, put on false fronts, and the Bible addresses this sort of attitude. I think of Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 5-6, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So here in this passage, people wanted to appear godly and were more concerned with looking good than actually praying. They cared more about what people thought than about what they were actually doing and about doing the thing. The Bible isn't a big fan of doing things just to make other people think you're cool. But the Bible seems to separate that from ambition. The NASB translation of 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, Therefore we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Or in the NIV translation, we make it our goal to please him. So this word that's to aspire, that's translated as ambition or goal, in Strong's Greek concordance is explained to mean to be zealous, to strive eagerly, or to desire strongly. This word is also found in 1 Thessalonians 4, where Paul instructs the believers to strive to live in a way pleasing to God. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 Timothy, Philippians 3, and 1 Corinthians 9 all describe the Christian life as running in a race, pressing on toward a prize. The idea of pressing forward, of striving, is lauded. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Hard work and striving and ambition, I would say, are all encouraged by the Bible. And I think this goes back to the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. The master in this story, who represents God, gives his servants talents, which were large sums of money. Two of the servants put the money to work and doubled it by the time their master returned. But the third servant took the money and buried it in a hole. When the master came back, he gave it back. Here you go, I didn't lose it. And in the story, the master is upset with this servant while being pleased with the others. Or let's put this another way. Let's say you give someone you love a gift that you think they'll really enjoy, but instead of opening it and using it, they set it aside and they just kind of stare at you. And they're like, oh, I just want to make sure you know I really, really care about you way more than this gift. And it's like, great, wonderful, but you still want them to open it. You got it for them to use, and watching them enjoy it will bring you joy. 
God gives us lots of gifts and talents and opportunities, and He wants us to use them. When we enjoy the gifts He gives us, it brings Him joy. All the way back in the beginning, God gave Adam jobs in the garden, from naming animals to caring for the earth. Part of God's perfect plan is for us to work at things. And when we do things well, that brings glory to Him. So this is where I think godly ambition comes in. The drive to do things well, to achieve in a healthy state, stems from our desire to glorify God and make the most of the gifts He's given us. Because of this, ambition in sports, arts, missions, anything, all can be glorifying to God. It's kind of like what I talked about last time, bringing more beauty and goodness into the world, and this time that's through excellence. So let's talk on a practical level what is true and not true about ambition. Truth. In life, you have to be ambitious for something. Ambition is just a drive toward a goal, and our ultimate ambition should be to conform more and more to the image of Christ. Another truth, ambition is not good or bad, it's neutral. Whether being ambitious in a situation is good or bad is determined by the goal in mind and the methods used to obtain that goal. Another truth, ambition and the pursuit of worthy goals brings glory to God. Okay, and now some things that are false. So, not true. Ambitions in missions or pastoral work are better than other ambitions. God is glorified where he chooses to be glorified, and if he called you to sports or finance or whatever else, that's where he intended you to be. Another thing that's not true is that God is here to make all your dreams come true. Just because you're pursuing your calling, that does not mean everything will necessarily fall into place. It doesn't mean your idea of success lines up completely with God's. You can work hard and strive for your dreams, but you won't always get them if God has a better plan in mind. Okay, so now let's talk about how to pursue things well. We're called to be ambitious with integrity. That means no cutting corners, cheating, or just in general doing things the Ten Commandments or the teachings of Jesus would tell you are not nice. Ambitious people should build others up, not tear them down. If you have to actively go out of your way to hurt others in order to build yourself up, it's not okay. Obviously, if you're playing a sport, there's a winner and a loser. Like I said earlier, I played softball for 12 years, and I struggled with that. I loved to win, but I didn't like that my winning meant someone else lost. But in softball, there's a difference between playing dirty and sabotaging the other team and just playing good ball, making good plays, and having quality at bats. I think of when I would lose a game. If I knew I played my hardest and gave the other team a competition and they were just really good with awesome field work and great hits, I didn't really feel bad about losing. I felt bad when I had an off day or couldn't seem to stop making errors or felt like the other team was playing dirty. Actually, some of my favorite games, we lost to well-oiled teams with extremely talented players where the game raged back and forth with remarkable skill on both sides. And I think in a lot of arenas, life is like that as well. I don't mind not getting the promotion or the award when it goes to someone who does a great job and lives with integrity. When quality people achieve good things, 
it just inspires the rest of us to also strive to improve. I think we also need to check our motives. None of us are going to be completely pure-hearted, but it's clearly not right to be motivated purely by seeking adoration or lording our achievements over others. It isn't right to just want to have the best of everything with no concern for other people. When I think of what I want and why I want it, I want to be a best-selling author so I can just write and write and write. Currently, writing has to take a back seat to working and paying the bills, rightly so. I want to bring joy to people through my books, so I want a lot of people to read and enjoy them. I want to work for big publishing companies so I can have a hand in what sort of books people are reading, bringing more hope and goodness into the world. I want to amplify voices that need to be heard. I want to teach people and guide them to become better writers. I want to be part of the vibrant world of literature. And sometimes my co-author and I will fantasize about getting a big advance for a book and what we would do with that money. We talk about paying off debts, setting up writing scholarships, employing talented writers and editors and artists. Ambitions don't have to be bad. Striving for goals doesn't mean you have to be hard-hearted or trample over others. And if you are ambitious, that doesn't mean you're a bad person, even if you're not actively trying to win souls. God gave you the passions you have for a reason. When ambition is paired with integrity and a desire to seek and honor God, beautiful things can happen. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll tune in for episode 8, Choppy Waters, Uncertain Finances. And if you want to connect with me, check out alyssarote.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A-W-R-O-T-E.com. Or check me out on Twitter, Insta, or Facebook at alyssarote, A-L-Y-S-S-A-W-R-O-T-E. Big Pond, Little Fish is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the show. You can find all of our episodes of Big Pond Little Fish by visiting lifeaudio.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and Steven Sanders. Special thanks to Stephen McGarvey for his executive oversight. You can find more faith-affirming podcasts like this one by visiting lifeaudio.com. <laughs>